who went with their heart. So, people who went with their mind, they pick and choose the lecture they go. And sometimes they may just go on a woo. Whereas, those who commit their heart never miss any lecture. And each lecture they come, they add more value to their lives. And when the examination will come, they are there. They are the ones who say the course is very easy. Because they have committed their heart to their learning. Whereas, you will find some people who will see the question paper and they will be looking up to the ceiling. As if there is a spirit that is writing answer. And after they found nothing, they will look down. Because they have gone through the course with their mind. Let me help you know this. Your mind is a processor, you know, given to you by God. So the things that, that you process in your mind does not result in your action. But the things that you think about and then you translate into your heart is what moves you. That's the reason why a man can think he's extremely wealthy. He can think in his brain how he will make millions in a year or two. And 10 years, he can't make even a thousand pounds. Jesus says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So it is the heart that controls the function of a man, not the mind. Now if you look at the book of Joshua 1, 8, it says, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. Which means if you equate that with the book of Matthew, where Jesus was speaking about out of the abundance of the heart, you will recognize, therefore, that before Joshua 8 can be fulfilled, this book of the law must not depart from your mouth. Which means you read it, the law, you read it, then you process it in your thoughts, and then it goes into your heart for your mouth to speak. Because Jesus says, the abundance of the heart controls the mouth. There are some Christians who go to church with their mind. Don't be part of them. Because anything you commit your mind to, you never succeed. It is just a fantasy. But there are those who go to church with their hearts. Those are the ones that God is seeking. Those who go to church with their mind are the type of Christians who say that, but I'm serving God. I don't know why this is happening to me. But those who serve God with their heart can never be in that situation. Because if you serve God with your heart, God will serve you with His heart. And you will never be in a situation where you are saying, but what is going on? Nothing is working for me. But the Bible says, for we know that in all things, God is working for those who love him, who are called according to his purpose, not to those who choose when to come to church and when to sleep and when to rest. <laughs> Listen to my voice while you are on earth. A time is coming that this boy will start speaking. Let me help you understand this. The principle that God gave you that gives you success in the things of the world is fundamental to success in the spiritual things. I was just telling them because this is my first Sunday with you after anniversary. You understand that definition. A new cross. The anniversary time had taught us that 
You don't have any more time to waste on earth as to serve God with your mind. Because heaven works for those who work with him. God does not commit himself to those who do not commit to him. Listen to me there. If anybody wants to challenge God, it is by your commitment to him you can challenge him. It's different from questioning God. So, if somebody serves God with his heart, God will serve you with his heart. And Ephesians chapter 1 verse 11. To he who is able to put everything together that happens around and with you in conformity with his will. So when you serve God with your heart, you are available to God. God will be available to you. Angels will be available to you. Everything about God will be available to you. And God will work out everything of your life. It doesn't matter what you are going through. He will work them out according to the counsel of his will. And you know, the will of God for you is very simple. Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 11 says, I know my plans are hard towards you, says the Lord. The plans not to harm you, but the plans to bless you. The plans to give you hope and a future. Hallelujah, somebody. So I will challenge every one of you in your morning of the new year. Commit your heart to God. During last week, this week, some among you have gone deeper in the knowledge of God. Because on Friday we were listening to the things that God taught us during the anniversary. And you can't claim to be part of the same church. But what I'm tell, talking now is like strange, strange language. Assume that everybody behaves like you. Towards God's things. Will God have someone to depend upon? If you find yourself in that shoes, come on. Change your heart and mind. Do you know that a man is not composed of what he has? Do you know there are people who have money, but they are begging that God should take the money and give them health? Do you know it is only God who controls what happened to humanity? He may not cause it, but he controls it. He permits the ones that happen. And what it does not permit cannot happen. Therefore, I challenge you to your bones. If your Christianity had been wishy-washy, you are under Apostle Williams, a man who saw Jesus face to face. I didn't see Jesus face to face because I come to church on Sundays. I don't hear the voice of God because I just serve him whenever I like. I'm not taken to heaven by God. On the several locations I've been taken to heaven because I just choose and pick when to serve God. Those things happen because I have a deep relationship with the maker of heaven and of earth. And I told God, if you call me, when Jesus appeared to me to go and pray the gospel, I told the Lord Jesus Christ, I argue with him, that I'm a lance of you. Okay? Anything I do, from my young age, I put the whole of my life into it. Okay? So, if I'm going to preach the gospel, I can't have less. And I don't want to be like the people I have seen, I said. Are we together now? And I told God I want distinction. When I studied surveying, if you call, if you say that you are a lance of yours, we have various lance of yours. People have majors, of course, everybody should have major. But Apostle did not have a major. 
I majored in hydrography. I practiced in photogrammetry. I practiced in mapping sciences. I practiced in engineering surveying. I practiced in cadastral surveying. And I practiced in judiciary and astronomy. As a land surveyor. Mastered every aspect. So when my mates were getting handout from the federal government of Nigeria in 1976, I was earning good money. When my mates could not afford to buy a spoke of bike, I, was, I had a car. Because I could work in any industry in land surveying. I command the field. So, how can I be called by God? And I'm not so. Is it not the commitment I had for land surveying that gave me the knowledge? I was on the way to, to set up companies, surveying practice in Nigeria that will take contract from England. That was my ambition in life. Nobody speaks of what he's not committed to. And you are my witnesses now that I'm in law. You can't serve God less than you serve your business. Your business, your learned academics will be taken over in the grave. When you wake up to the other side, it is only what you did for God that will be to your account. So come on now. Check yourself now before I talk with you. This year, there is no mediocrity. This year, we shall not fall back like those who go to perdition. This year, we shall not choose and pick which service to go. Whenever the Lord calls, you will be there. Uh, if you don't say amen, others have said it for you. I said, whenever the Lord calls, you'll be there. Yeah. You should be envious of me now. Is he envy or jealous? Which one is good? Both of them are good. Either envy or jealous or jealous envy or envy jealously. Hello? Look at the weather of England. I told you two weeks before the weather of England changed that there will be a shift on these dates. This month. The date is shifted. And you came to that day also. Can a man just speak from his head? There is a God in heaven who has set the pattern for man. You can know him. If I'm a man of God, a man of God said, let fire consume you and fire consume them. So if I'm a man of God, what is the sign if I cannot hear from the God of the man? But I cannot unless I serve him like the predecessors did. Same thing with you. You can know God. You can see God. You can, you can encounter God. A uniqueness of Christ with Tabernacle is this. In this church, you don't have a general overseer who tells you that everybody come to me. I'm the superman. Not in this church. Not in this church. Though I have records better than many. Which many cannot speak about on earth, but yet, I have told you, the one who appeared unto me can appear to you. This is the way to serve him. This is the principles. Okay? These are the principles. And I've told you you can find him. And children in this church walk in it and they encounter it. Adults in this church walk in it and they encounter it. Come on, let me say something to you. It is our joint responsibility to know God. You come to church, you must know God. If I pray for you, you too must pray for somebody. I can't be praying for you all your life. 
You must pray for somebody. Amen. If I see vision, do you must see vision? If I hear God's audible voice, if I tell you what will happen on earth at date and time, it is your turn to do the same thing while I'm still alive. Cast out devils, you cast out devils. Raise the dead, you raise the dead. You can do it. The trick of Satan is to turn away your eyes from the substance that you may pursue shadow. That's the trick of Satan. We won't allow that here. I say we won't allow that here. What am I saying? There are some of you operating in just what I've said. But there are some of you who just come to church, say prayer, say amen. May that not be your portion forever. Somebody who attended first year, year one. Second year, year one. Third year, year one in university. Hello? And the people you started with have graduated. They are doing master's in university, you are still in year one. And then when they are becoming professor at the university, you are in year two. May that not be your portion. Oh, yeah. You are the one making me derogate from my message today. Because you didn't come to church on Friday. Friday, you didn't come to church. I will not go further by saying those who attended on Friday should stand up. And then there's going to be a <laughs> what is going on here. Well, let me help you understand this. During this week, and the previous week after anniversary, we have been looking at the church of the living God. What is the church of the living God? What is the church of the living God? And today, for 15 minutes, I'll be taking you through a journey of the church of the living God. First Timothy chapter 3. It is good for us to know what the church of the living God is. In 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 15, it says, If I am delayed, you will know how people ought to conduct themselves in God's household, which is what? The church of the living God. The pillar and foundation of truth. There are three things I told you in the lecture about the church of the living God. The first thing is this. The church of the living God is God's household. Somebody say God's household. Church of the living God is God's household. Which means it's God's family. Yes? Don't worry, you will soon be over. Because um, I was told that the two heaters they are packed up and the engineer is coming tomorrow to fix it. So, as we started in All Saints Church, we are back to All Saints Cathedral. Hallelujah, somebody. Some of you may not understand that when this church started, we were frozen. The church we got, we was very frozen. Just, this one is a bit, you know, this one is a fridge, that one was freezer. <laughs> Hallelujah. Uh, okay, then, we will soon be over. But listen to me. You are a member of God's family. That's the first thing you need to know. When you look at this word, it seems as if there's not much about it. But let me help you understand. The first thing the Bible calls the church of the living God is God's household. The second thing he calls it is the pillar of truth. And number three, the foundation of truth. So I help you to understand this. In the church of God, we must look at ourselves as one family. Because it is the pillar of truth. Every one of us must hold on to the truth. 
even at the cost of our lives. Because it's the foundation of truth. No man must lie to another. It is not a place to deceive people. It is not a place to make people feel high or hype up people. Because you are dealing with the eternity of mankind. Now, if I just dwell on the family of God. You know that in a household, there is a father of the house. In this case, the father of this house is God. God's household. Now, let me help you understand this. Because we belong to God as the father, something strange about him which is different from me, who is your overseer, is this. I can look at your face. I can see your responses. Maybe, if I'm a bit more intelligent, I can read your reflexes through your iris. But the father of the house is in your heart and your thoughts. Now, I can see you until you leave that door. But the father of the house who follows you as you leave this door, he is with you everywhere you go throughout the week. And he sees you and with you until we meet again. This is the father to whom we all belong. The father of the household. Now, if you have the consciousness of this, therefore, you must recognize that your thinking all the time is exposed before him. So, if I know that my thinking is exposed before the God of the house, what do I think about my sister? Whatsoever is lovely, whatsoever is of good report, if there be any virtue or praise I consider. What do I think about my brother? How can I help this man? That would be my thoughts. Because God sees my thoughts. If I know God is seeing my thought, I can never slander somebody in the family. Because the father of the house is watching me and recording what I was saying. I cannot conspire against another person in this house. Because the God of this house is seeing me and watching what I'm saying. Recording what I'm saying because we will all go back to him. Because we recognize we are members of the same family. In a family, if somebody is successful in a family, it is everybody's joy. And the pride of everyone that this is my brother, this is what the success he has. They celebrate success. If one person fails in the family, everybody will join together to help that person to make sure he, he succeeds. Nobody in the family goes about mocking the other one because of their mischiefs. This is the family of God. And that is what this house is. This is where God calls you into. Listen to me. I will take you through a few things today. Nobody who passed through me in church circle, nobody who passed through me, who will not say, this is the finger of Apostle Williams in my life. Okay? No one. Even people who watch me on television, somebody called this place this week, uh, last week, because today is Sunday. And they met the Pastor Sidney picked up the phone. And the man said, I am calling you from, uh, is it Germany or something like that? He said, can you, can you answer me this question? Am I talking to Christ Faith Tabernacle? He says, you mean that is Apostle William's church in London I am speaking with now? And Pastor Sidney said, yes. He said, and you are in the church? He said, yes. He said, you are blessed. To be with that man. He said you are blessed. And he began to speak and speak and speak. So 
I mean, he, he, just, he just, you know, got loose all over the place. And he asked Pastor Sidney, do you really mean it? He said, yes, this is Apostle William's church. I was in Ireland yesterday. I came in by 12, 12.30 midnight. One of our members in Ireland, the last time I went to Ireland, what I'm talking about is the record of your life must be a blessing to everybody in this house. Okay? Somebody who is a friend in Ireland visited a friend and he saw on his shell my photograph and this lady. And he said, do you know this man? He said, yes, I do. You saw me, this photograph now with, with the apostle. He said, you know this man? He said, yes. He said, but he's my overseer. He said, that's your general overseer? <clears throat> he said, yes. The woman said, for the fact that you took photograph with this man, you are just blessed. Okay? And the woman began to talk about how the messages that she hears on television have transformed her life. That she's saying that one day I will have a privilege to see this man. What is your record to humanity? That's why I'm saying this. Listen to me, beginning from this household. I bend my knees daily and pray for you. I have attended business meeting with my members. I remember somebody, one of my members had a very tough business in Linchestine. And the bank refused to give it to him. And he told them, I'm going to call my, I'm going to come back next week with my chairman. He came back, gave me a load down on the business. And we went. When we got to the board meeting, I won't tell you the name of the bank. As he opened the door and I came in, everybody on the table stood up. They gave me the head chair to sit. It's a high level banking business. When I sat down, they introduced themselves, and he introduced me. And I said, I heard that you people have an issue regarding this contract. The head of them stood up and said, sir, it has been resolved. That's what he said. And I said, therefore, bring the contract out. And the other person brought the file and said, this is it. We just waited for you to come and sign it. It was signed right before me there. Do you understand me? I go to business meetings with my members. Not because I'm part of the business. But if you come to crunch and they say that somebody is freezing an ugly head, I enter there. That ugly head will become good head. Are you with me now? I will do everything in my power to make sure that you succeed, your children succeed, your grandchildren succeed. Why? Because I know I will report before the father of the house one day. And what I do, I do it for you to have a template to follow so that none of you can tell God it is difficult. We are members of God's household. You can never do to somebody in this house what you don't want them to do unto you. Even if you love some people to do bad to you, you can't do it here. Because the God of the house sees your heart, he sees your mind, he records everything you do. Second Corinthians 5.10 It says, for we must all appear 
before the judgment seat of Christ that each one will give account to what he has done, while in the body, whether good or bad. We are members of God's household. Listen to me. A rich man in the midst of poor people is poorer than a poor man in the midst of many rich people. Are we together? Haven't you understood that you are members of God's household? The second thing is that you must understand that you are a child of God, therefore. You write it down. Number two, I am a child of God. Say, I am a child of God. Say that, I am a child of God. Say it again, I am a child of God. <laughs> the church is meant for two, three people, really. People who are already born again, who have accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Second people, people who are looking for salvation, and they came. And the third people, they are the rarest who come to church, especially live church. Those are the messengers of Satan sent to go and pull people away from salvation. Those are the three people who come to church. Either somebody who is born again, or somebody who is not born again, but is looking for salvation and he wants to prove it. Or somebody sent as a messenger. You see, those who are sent by me- as messenger of the devil, a church that is world church will be a praying church. They don't come there. And if they come, they don't stay. We have seen some run out of our services. I say, don't follow her. Just let her go. I just spoke in tongues. You didn't hear what I said. Brother, <laughs> Brother Derek is looking at me and nodding his head. Oh, you boo boy. Now listen to me. Listen to me. As I'm preaching and teaching you, I'm looking at your eyes, isn't it? And I'm walking and I'm looking at your eyes, isn't it? But if I turn my back like this, am I looking at you? But I can see you from here. It is by God. And that does not see your physical. It is the spiritual. And so, people who come to test powers, like that sent by Satan, sometimes we identify them, we let them stay. Because they are human, but the spirit in them is of the devil. Maybe the human spirit will be born again. That was how I saw the man who was sent to kill me in Benin Republic, though he was sitting at the far end. And we don't need to touch you to come out. When I said there is a man here <coughs> sent to kill me, she come out. And the man didn't come out. By the eyes of the spirit. And then I said the man is on this side. And people look back and look back. When he got to him, he too, he looked back. He looked back home. <laughs> he looked back. And I said, that is the man. When I pointed my finger to a crowd, who can tell the direction? And the angel of the Lord picked him up and shot him up. And he stood up like a drunken man. They pushed him against his will. That happened a few number of times. But God doesn't do that all the time. He did that because at the time that people come with a mission to kill. And because God gave them opportunity to repent, they repent, so God exposed them and disgraced them. Okay? But the other people are people <clears throat> who are not born again, but they are looking for salvation. They have seen enough predicaments in the church. They have seen enough mess of so-called Christians. And they are put off. 
They say, well, let me just go, maybe. People like them find salvation when they see the truth. And the rest are those who are already born again. But for those of you who are born again, let me tell you, do you know you are a child of God? You didn't understand me. Let me help you break that down for two minutes. You are a child of God means the gene of God is what formed you. The gene of God is what formed you. Listen to me. Therefore, what God is, that's what you are. What God is not, you cannot be. I say what God is, that's what you are. What God is not, you cannot be. Come on now. <clears throat> the gene of God is in you. You are a child of God. Let's look at the book of John chapter 1. Let's look at verse 14. No, let's read from verse 12 really. Yet to all who received him... And it says, past tense received. To those who believed in him or his name, he gave the right to become what? Come on, let's read together. To them, yet to all, uh-huh. who are you? 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 Let me help you understand. Does God fear? So why should he fear? Can God be intimidated? So why should he be intimidated? What God is not, you are not. A child of God must know he is a child of God. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The world and all that dwell therein. You can enter anywhere under heaven and throw your fear away. You fear when you, dis- when you disrecognize the fact that you are a child of God. A child of God cannot fear what God cannot fear. And I've never seen something that God can fear. Let that consciousness be inside you. You are born of God. The Bible says in the book of John, whatsoever, second, second John 5, whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. You are born of God. You can't fear voodoo. You can't fear witches. You can't fear wizards. If someone put a gun in your head, tell him to shoot it. You are born of God. You know, it pains God when God's children are working like slaves. You cannot fail. What about if you did an exam, you failed? Tell everybody I failed. Do it again. Because God cannot fail and you are born of God. That's why you must not quit until you pass very well. Listen to me. God does not do things from his mind. He does things from his heart. But he uses his mind to think about it. You must behave like God. Because you are born of God. Where people quit, you cannot quit for good things. Where people fail for good things, you cannot fail because you are born of God. You will never see a a dog give birth to a lion or a lion giving birth to a goat. Come on now, let me help you understand something. When a baby girl is born, she has womb in her. Alright? She does not grow to have womb. 
you christen a baby girl, you are christening a mother of the future. Because in that girl is the womb, <coughs> in that girl is the breast, is everything that will form a woman. But that girl grows to become. Okay? So are you. Everything of God is inside you. When you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, Jesus says, I stand at the door of your heart and knock. He says, when you open the door, I and my Father, come on now, I and my Father will come and dwell inside you. First Corinthians 6 says that, you know, don't you know your body is the temple of the living God? Therefore, you are born by God and of God. You are God's children. You can do what God can do. Because the Bible says, God can do all things. And then the Bible says, I can what? Do all things through who? Christ who strengthens me. You need to know this. Your inability to function like God is not because you are not born of God. It is because you are still growing into it. But inside you is every capacity of heaven. A person among you who had manifested the gift of healing cannot know until the day you lay hands on a sick person and is healed. It has been in you since salvation. I started seeing visions and started hearing the voice of God and prophesying and casting out devils and all stuff. It was in me from the day of salvation. I grew into it. As food grows you in the physical, the word of God grew you in the spiritual. Prayer don't grow you. It's the word of God that grows you. A Christian who does not know Onesimus, when they say Onesimus, you say of, of where? Of New Cross or Greenwich? Huh? Because you haven't read the Bible. <coughs> when they say a foster, you say he's a Beniman. You didn't know that it's in the Bible. Because you don't read the Bible. That must stop. Hallelujah. I think somebody is looking at me now. <coughs> Listen to me. Because you are God's family member, you are born of God. Everything God is, that's what you are. Okay? You may not function fully. Okay? Is because you are growing. I would get it. But there is something you and I can do now. We don't need to grow to do it. It's to stop doing evil. You don't grow into that. You decide that. It's to start doing good. You don't grow into that. You decide that. You are born of God. Look at the next verse of that scripture. Verse 13. Children born not of natural descent nor of human decision, but what? Born of God. You are not born of natural descent, of human decision, or husband's will, but you are born of God. Change the way you look at yourself. I am born of God. <laughs> That is what gives Apostle Williams confidence. Because I'm born of God, I'm born to succeed. So if I set my heart to gain in knowledge, I will attack it until the knowledge submit to my counsel. 
Listen to me. There is no profession here I cannot learn. I can learn tailoring. They call it fashion design, isn't it? I can learn it. To cut clothes and... Because if someone can do it, I can go under him and I can get the skill. You can do anything you decide to do and succeed. Good thing I'm talking about. Because of the seed that the gene of God inside you. Okay? Don't confuse yourself because I see a spirit saying, but why am I fearful if I am born of God? The reason why you are fearful is this. The nourishment that takes fear away is the word of God. Alright, that's the vitamin. You know, what? when a lawyer goes to court, and everybody wants that lawyer, they say he's a brilliant lawyer. Do you know what that... Bri- bri- if they say brilliant lawyer, you know what it means? When he says anything, he backs down with the case. If he says anything, he backs down with the principle. If he says anything, he backs down. He, he, has, he has status in his head. He doesn't have to look at book. When he writes his case... Uh, fast. He can memorize everything. When he gets before the judge, any question he will answer and he will back it up with a case law. Supreme Court decision. He master all the judges. He can quote the statement of the, in his head. The judge will have no option but to bow before him. He may be a young girl or boy. Okay? And such lawyers, when you go to them, they don't say to you that, <clears throat> though lawyers are trained to say that we're 50-50. When lawyers say 50-50, it means that you're going to win. Okay? But when you go to him with any case, no matter how difficult it is, he has confidence. Because he knows his stuff. But when you see a lawyer say, M-m, 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 and the judge is asking him, say, M-m, M-m, and the judge is suggesting to him what he should have done. And then he said, can, can, can we please uh, adjourn the case? It's because he's a lawyer, he read to pass. But he did not, he does not read, he doesn't know his stuff. So are Christians. What gives you confidence is the knowledge of the word of God. You know that determines your rights and your authority you can command. In New Cross last week, I had some children, about four or five of them, seven and eight, they were leading prayer. You know, prayer that adults lead, they come and lead prayer. And these children, they told them to come and lead prayer because in the groups we formed, when it got to their turn to, to lead prayer, they quote the scripture and they brought a prayer point out of it. And the pastor was there, Pastor Josiah was there, he said, ah! They led the prayer, when he got to that child, he quoted another scripture, and he brought the prayer point of it, and he was talking sense, seven years old. You know something? The second day, they brought him to come and lead, and for others, and they were leading prayer, seven and eight, in Christ the tabernacle. I'm bringing them here, they will come and lead prayer here, I put it on television. They are born in England, raised in England, filled with the Holy Ghost in England, and with the knowledge of the Word of God. For many reasons, I want to challenge parents. And I want to challenge young ones. They say that seven years old is here, I should go to children's Sunday school. I'm stopping it. They will be here. I'm their Sunday school. Yes. And I've decided that if I will put a group for those children to be taught, it will be taught by pastors. My pastors will go and teach them. Because those guys are deep. Outside there, they teach them all the evil of transgender. 
So, and we church will not classify them as babies. They are not babies, my friend. The knowledge of the Word of God determines your altitude. Write this down very quickly in closing. Because you are born of God, and because you are a member of the family of God, let me read to you briefly your role in the church of God. What is your role? Number one, you are an important part of the church. Always look at yourself. Even if you come to church every Sunday and you only occupy chair, you are important. Uh-huh. <laughs> Did everybody hear what I just said? I said you come here to say prayer, I say amen. I say you are important. Because if I say prayer and nobody is here, you won't say amen. Hallelujah. That encourages me, isn't it? So don't you think that ah, I'm not part of, part of the leaders. No, you don't have to be part of the leaders. First Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12. It says, the body is a unit, though it is made up of many parts. And though it is, its parts are many, they form one body. So it's it with the church. You are very important here. So look at yourself like that. Number two, because you are important, God brought you here for a purpose. God brought you here for a purpose. First Corinthians 12, 18. It says, but in fact, God has arranged the parts of the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. You are what you are. God brought you here for a purpose. You have a duty. Okay? You see people who are recording there. They didn't, the first day they came to the church, they were not on camera. Neither did they carry camera into this church. It is here they decided that this is what I can do. I have a purpose to fulfill. This place that you are, some people clean it on Friday. They will hoover everywhere on Friday. So that by the time you come in on, uh, on Saturday, by the time you come in on Sunday, the place is clean. Now, our heating system over there, Gospel, some people are the ones who went to arrange, call the uh, company to come and repair it. You know? You met some ushers at the door. You met protocols at the door. Who make you feel recognized and make you feel welcome? You have some people who led prayer here, various people. Then you have other people who started the, the service, leading into worship, playing instruments. You see all those my angels who are standing here over there. From their young age, they have started to learn how to play instruments in the house of God. They are my mistrials. You know, understand this. You are very, very important. And God brought you here for a purpose. Number three, you have a unique function in the church. Your function is unique to you. I cannot do what you do, and you cannot do what I do. And that is verse 19 and 20. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts but one body. You are unique in your function. You can never have two Apostle Williams. One must be a counterfeit. I will get it now. We can't have two of you. You are unique. Now, if you understand this, therefore, you will discover that your uniqueness is needed by others. It's needed by others. I need you, you need me too. And you must function according to your uniqueness. 
Somebody may be prophesying and fire is coming out of his head when he's working. That is no uniqueness. Let him carry the fire. And we who don't carry fire, we are also unique in our own way. Hallelujah. When we, see, when we want somebody to come and brag, we say, fire, come. And the fire man will come. <laughs> and the uh, fire is burning. He says, say, you see now, you see. <laughs> but I who am not fire, maybe I'm air conditioned. You need, you, need, you need me one day. <laughs> you need me one day. So you are all you need. Number four, we are interdependent. I will teach you deeper on this when next I come before you. 1 Corinthians 12, 12, 21. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. We are interdependent. I need you, you need me. Now listen to me. When you call a metal chain, it's because it has bonded metals, isn't it? Take one out of it, one loop. Can you call that a chain? No, it changes definition. All right? We are God's children. Take one out, it's gone. It's gone. It can't do anything. A soldier cannot be called an army, no matter how much star he has on his shoulder. When he's a lone soldier, he's vulnerable. But when the army is moving, understand? You can't just confront them. We are interdependent. We are locked together. So what you have, I need it. What I have, you need it. So, if I use what I have, you too, you use what you have. I discover what I have, you too must discover what you have. That is the reason why if a person goes to a church where the teaching does not address your development, why are you going there? Why are you going there? You don't go to church to go and join name. You go to church to go and form your identity. If your identity cannot be formed in the church, you waste your life. Every day you waste, you can never get it to eternity. That is the purpose of the church. To teach people so that they can function in their identity. Okay? Number five. Use your grace to serve others. And that is First Peter 4, 10, 11. Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others. Faithfully administering God's grace in the various forms. If anyone speaks, he should do it as one speaking the very word of God. If anyone serves, he should do it with the strength God, God, God provided or provides. So that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ, to him be the glory. Use your grace to serve others. But you understand that tells you that you have to discover your grace. You know, there are some places where you go. They go to prophet, in quotes. <laughs> prophet, tell me what is my calling. <laughs> prophet himself don't know his calling. That's why he's telling you something. If you see a prophet now, you go to him, tell me, prophet, what is my calling? And he says, let us pray. The guy is just stupid, man. He's just stupid. Because who called you? God. If God wants you to know, he'll reveal it to you. You don't need to ask him. You don't need to ask him. All those things are freaks. They are not, they are, those who do that are not prophets. If you want to know your calling, go to the one who called you. Why should you go to another person to help you ask your father what your father has called you to be? I mean, does it make sense? Come and ask him. Come, 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 let's talk. Your functions reveal your calling. Someone looking for calling in church and you are doing nothing. 
Anyway, someone said that, ah, you are a mightily anointed evangelist. They just derailed you. Yeah. By your function, we know who is called, what you are called to be. Number six, seven, I will stop. Number six, humility is the key to God's promotion. Humility is the key to God's promotion. And humility is this place in serving. Somebody who serves, serves, serves. Then God will give you more and more and more and more and more. When we look at this thing deeply, you'll be shocked at the mystery behind all these things. Humility. You know, in the church, let me say this to you. In the church, you have various people in this church. I'm talking about Christ with Tabernacle. Various people, you know, in the secular world. People who are chief executives, who are directors, who are executive directors, who are lawyers, judges, whatever, doctors and stuff. But when we come to church, nobody puts an emblem on his head, doctor, and then he's walking to the church with his stethoscope. That stethoscope finished in Lewisham Hospital. Or a judge among us coming and then he brought his guys to carry the pole they carry before him and then they are coming at the church. <laughs> so that when it comes, is it court or church, everybody stand up for the judge to come. No, 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 no. The judge sit down in his seat like you and he sits beside you and you don't know who he is. Alright? That's the reason why the rule of thumb in the church is to humble yourself. Okay? This is it. If you are humble... Okay, and somebody is in the church who is highly placed in society, you become friends without knowing who he is or she is. And in being friends, he will discuss about your life, what you do and stuff. You have a need. Oh, okay, see me tomorrow. It is when you go tomorrow to see him, you will know who he is. Okay? And what you need, you will get it just like that. Because you are a humble person. You respect everybody. You are not arrogant. You want God to lift you up. It's how much low you can go that determines how much high God can exalt you. Humility is the key to promotion. Five minutes more will finish. Humility is the key to promotion. Number seven, you can encounter God. What I'm talking about you as a member of this church. You can encounter God. Numbers 12, 6 to 6. He said, listen to me, to my word. When a prophet is among you, I reveal myself to him in visions, I speak to him in dreams. But it's not so with Moses, I speak to mouth to mouth. In this house, you know this. One, you are here, you are a member of the family. Two, God brought you here for a purpose. Three, you are unique in your, your, your purpose. You have a function, a role to play in this house. Don't feel subordinate. We are all members of God's family. Really, if you don't manifest, you are robbing me. And you are rubbing the next person beside you. Because somebody has a need in this church and the gift is inside you. And because you don't even know that you have the gift, as to you developing the gift. So recognize this. 
I believe I can hear some murmuring around. Somebody is asking something. Number one, you are an important part of the church. I'm sure you all got it. Number two, God brought you here for a purpose. Number three, you are a unique function in this church. Number four, we are interdependent. We are interconnected. I need you, you need me. Number five, use your grace to serve. Number six, humility is the key of God's promotion. The way up is the way down. He who descended to the lowest region ascended to the highest place. And number seven, you can encounter God. Encounter of God is not for ministers only. It's for every Christian. Vision, you can see. Trust, you can see. Prophecy, you can prophesy. Healing, you can operate. Anything that is in the Bible, you have the capacity to do it. The purpose of church is to equip you so that you will function in those capacities. Do we get it now? And the conclusion for you is this. John 9, 4. As long as it is day, we must do the work of him who sent us. For a night cometh when no one can walk. So therefore, I leave you with this this Sunday. To go and dwell on it. Think about this. You, you and I are still alive. So we must do the work of him who called us. Go tell somebody. I say go tell somebody. May the Lord strengthen and bless you. May the Lord fulfill his purposes for your lives. Let's stand up together, please. Aha. Do you know we're going to pray together? And the prayer is so simple. We're going to pray and tell the Lord for the person beside you. Yeah, let's pray for one another. Empower us, O God, to function, to function in the grace that you gave us from heaven. Lift up your voice and begin to pray. The power to function in the grace. Pray for the person beside you. Help my brother, Lord. Help my sister to function in the grace of heaven. We are all unique. God has created us unique. There is something in you that the world is waiting for. Enable me, oh God, to function. Enable my brother, my sister to function. Tell the Lord. It is our time to fulfill purposes. God's children on earth must make a distinction among people, among nations. Empower us, oh God. Tell the Lord, I want to fulfill the purpose of God in the land of the living. Help me to fulfill your purpose, O oh God. Anoint me with power and unction from heaven. Tell the Lord, if you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. Use me in this age, O oh God, to transform every life I encounter. Let there be a staring up in the heart of this house. Tell the Lord, make me a blessing to mankind. Oh, 
Tell the Lord, help me to love my brethren. Let the love of God saturate my heart and my spirit. Oh, no more flesh but your spirit, O oh God. Father, we bless you. We honor and glorify your holy name. In Jesus' anointed name we are prayed. Somebody say amen. Let me bless you. Lord, one of the reasons why you sent your messengers is to invoke your blessing upon your people. And you said to Aaron, you shall say unto the people, may the Lord bless you. May the Lord lift up his countenance to shine upon you. And may the Lord give you rest. And you said, whenever you pronounce this blessing, you invoke my name upon them so that I will bless them. I invoke your name upon everyone who have heard my voice today. In this week that you are entering into, the favor of God will rest upon you. In this week that you are entering into, the mercy of heaven will locate you. Everywhere you go, grace shall work for you. I say favor of heaven shall surround you. You will find the favor of God upon your body. You will find the favor of God upon your business. You will find the favor of God upon your life pursuit. Bad news will not come to you. Your expectation will not be cut off in the name of Jesus Christ. In line and meeting with the word of God, he says, The Lord Almighty has sworn, surely as I plan it shall be, as I purpose it will stand. I declare that the Lord will go before you in this week. He will level the mountains before you. <clears throat> he will break down the gates of bronze before you. He will cut through the bars of iron. In this week, yours will be a delightful land. Your days shall be filled with glory. Your path shall, shall be shall with light. Darkness shall be taken away from before you. Confusion shall be taken away. God will give you direction in the areas of confusion. Some of you who have been having dreams in the past and you lost it. That God gives you direction and dream, you lost it. Receive it back in the name of Jesus as of Nazareth. Instead of nightmare, you will have visitation from heaven. Instead of nightmare and trouble night, you will have visitation from heaven. The Bible says in the book of Psalm 4 verse 8, I, I, will, I will lie down and sleep in peace for you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. When you lie on your bed, you will sleep in peace. The glory of heaven will have light over you. Father, I pray for those who are sick. It is written, however, there should be no one in Zion that will say, I am ill. So sickness from your roots, I cause it to dry up. I cause diseases to be uprooted in the name of Jesus. You are made whole in the name of Jesus. Your knees are healed in the name of Jesus. Your bones are healed. Your organs are healed in the name of Jesus. Those of you suffering pain in your eyeballs or your eyelids, you are healed in the name of Jesus. Every form of pain and headache, I cause them to die from their roots in the name of Jesus Christ. From the crown of your head to the sole of your feet, you are made whole. It shall come to pass, whatever you lay your hands on will prosper. I say, whatever you lay hands on will prosper. If you came here jobless, before Friday, God will give you back a job. The very job in which you are delighted, which you are trained and equipped, 
where you have been receiving, I regret. It shall come to pass. Before this time on Friday, you will receive. We are glad to call you back. People who you do not know will seek after you. God will put you in the heart of those who matter to your destiny. Your destiny shall be fulfilled. The powers of hell cannot hinder God. So every power of hell before you, I command it to fail. Father, we bless your holy name. In Jesus' holy and anointed name we are praying. As we close our eyes, I want to give an opportunity to somebody who had not accepted Jesus. If you know that Jesus doesn't live in you and you want him, lift up your right hand where you are. I would like to pray with you. I can see that hand. Any other person? Put that hand on your chest, darling. Somebody who needs to accept Jesus. Lift up your right hand. I want all eyes closed, please. It's a personal matter between you and God. Put the hand on your chest. Say after me, Lord Jesus, I thank you because you died for me. I confess you today as my Lord and my Savior. Lord Jesus, forgive me my sins. I acknowledge that I'm a sinner. I ask for mercy. Cleanse me from my past by your blood. I invite you into my heart. I surrender my life unto you, Jesus. Thank you, Father, for saving me. In Jesus' name. You, those of you who pray that prayer, I want to congratulate you. When we finish this service, just step forward here. I'll be here with one of the leaders who will attend to, to you. Can I just say to us, our, in this church, we pray every day in this cathedral, 7 p.m. to 8 p.m. daily. The Lord told me to particularly instruct those of you who are ordained leaders. The Lord said, tell them they will stand before me. And give account of their leadership to which I have ordained them. And he said, I should beckon to you to take your position and join other leaders. Seven to eight. Acts chapter two, verse forty-two. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the breaking of bread and the prayer. If you read it further down to forty-four, it says they attended the temple daily. For you church members, prayer works. Okay? You may have problem praying alone, but when we are gathered together, you can't have problem because we can jump together in prayer. Also, every Tuesday, we have Bible study here where we look at books of the Bible chapter by chapter, verse by verse, and how that applies to your life. Every Tuesday, after the prayer, seven, the prayer starts, and we go to the Bible study. Every Friday, we have intercession meeting for everybody. If you have been missing these programs, make sure this week you come. And the Lord has surprises for us. Please, let's be seated. I will conduct your offering.
Really, let me say that um, I would conduct your offering. I will ask that Pastor Ben should prepare to take the offering, and Pastor Fumi will will do the announcement. Maybe it would be a honor for me to welcome any one of you who are coming to this church for the first time. Can I first say to you that